double bill, double bill. Comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. Goes together like chocolate and peanut butter, like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, like a hamburger and a bun, like baby ducks and staple guns. Record scratch! Double bill, double bill, comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Mikey Postel, and I am joined by Brian Watson Jones and Joshua Hello. Humphrey. Hi. And we are going to be double billing today two movies. Um, one of this is double bill. This is double bill. I thought this was double Phil. Who's Phil? Who's well, we Phil? combined the works of Doctor Phil and Philip Andrew Bennett Lowe, and reviewed them together. That's like filling a donut with gravy. It is like filling a donut. It's a weird concept for a podcast. It's like giving. It's, it's remarkably successful. It's like giving somebody a a hot fudge sundae, except it's frozen mashed potatoes and gravy. Versus actual. Did you guys go to the state fair this year? I did. I did. I did. Did they have frozen mashed potatoes and gravy on the stick? They actually did have uh, mashed potatoes and gravy on the stick. I did not have that. I had chicken and waffle. That was great. How was it? So you went over to the way news Uh section. Uh huh. That was nice. We're segueing. Excuse us. Wow. Yeah, this went off the rails like faster than any others. Oh, yeah. I I, I am fulfilling the role that Mikey does. Okay, so uh, (laughs) the Heritage Square area is now gone. It was only meant to be there for, I think, a year. Really? Yep. Oh yeah, the tr- the the story is the Heritage Square was set up, and it was only supposed to be there for a year, but it stayed. And finally, they're like, "Well, let's dump a b- couple billion dollars into it," and they raised it, and then they built some areas around the. Uh, it looks line. nice. It looks great. This is and reminding me of the story of the Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel Tower being the big like. This was supposed to go up for a World's Fair and then get torn down. And also, it was for 14 or 16 years, they were supposed to have, like, advertisements running up and down. Oh, they had advertisements. Citron. You can see photos. Well, let's... let's... So, okay, hold on. Next year for Double Bill, during State Fair time, we need to do some comparison food stuff. I've been pushing for comparison food for a long time. Well, there. We had the Apple opportunity. Except I've been pushing for comparing food with something that isn't Let's get back to the nerdy things. According to the Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters cartoon, Eiffel Tower is actually supposed to be uh, Monsieur Eiffel had the biggest in the world ghost trapping center. So they went to France and they actually turned it into a ghost trapper. I don't want to. I don't know if I want to put all my ghosts in Paris. Mm, Are they there. not there already? It's an old city. Catacombs underneath, filled with the bones of monks. But yes, As I did. So below. But how long do you have to wait for your waffle cone? Thing? For my waffle cone? Not very long. I was in line more than. I don't know. I didn't minutes. make it this year. You didn't at all? No, I had one day that was an opportunity, and it was one of those days where I had like a 12-hour day before, so I was like, I'm not oh. waking up on a, the Sunday I think I waited. I think I waited longer for a breakfast have. sandwich on a stick, which was delicious. Sausage patty, bacon, egg, sandwiched between two little pancakes, Yum. and then deep fried, mm. and you spread uh, syrup over it. And was that down mm. in that Heritage Square area? Or was no, that... it was on the other side. I would have okay. that every day. It's it probably delicious. good I don't have the opportunity. Delicious. The only thing I can say is that we landed at the Energy Park business area. And this is a, a business tip for everybody. Uh, we landed at the business area, got on the, the, the bus to mm-hmm. go, free ride, park and ride. And they dropped us off at the front gate, which was like not... With the rabble, with like the different, like, oh, we have 
thousands. Oh, of... I was in the wrong zone. I thought you got picked up from the state fair and got dropped at the front gate. No, we sounded got... like the biggest ripoff. Possible. So we got dropped off right there. Mm-hmm. Came in, left, picked us up right there, went back, free, free, McFree, nice. and we were home for naps by like three o'clock, four o'clock. Hmm. And we I... made the mistake of going on the Saturday that it broke records. The, oh, the hundred fifty-two thousand <laughs> people. Ooh. Oh, it was a nightmare. Well, actually, at like 10 a.m. it was fine. And then 3 p.m. rolled around and you couldn't move, especially like oh. <laughs> around the Martha's Cookies places where the lines are just oh, back God, and back yeah. and back and back and you cannot move around there. So, um, hello. Although I have plenty of water at the State Fair, unlike in one of our movies. And like one of our movies. Okay, so oh, we are double billing. This was my choice. Uh, two movies uh, for Double Bill. As Just, opposed to all the other Double Bills, which were done at the point of a gun. Hey, too soon. Too mm, soon. Too soon. Uh, and it was dangerous because you would not have had to threaten me to see the movie Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest anticipated movies of the year. For that the, is my favorite blockbuster of the year, yes. I think from a nerd standpoint, and I'm putting my hands down because I'm like, this... I, there's, I feel like there's nothing else I can say about a movie that really hits... It, well, good night, everyone. Good night! Yeah. Don't be Groot! All I can say is it, it blows my mind back into perspective of, like, thinking back on high school to now, that nerds have so completely won the nerd versus jock war that Guardians of the Galaxy is the most anticipated movie of the year. This is not A-list comic, even. No. It's not an A-list comic movie everyone's heard of. I hadn't heard of it before I saw the trailer. And it, this comic book is the biggest movie of the year. And it wasn't part of it. Because you see that trailer and you're like, what is this? Yeah, that looks fun. <laughs> There's a raccoon with a tree. And the, the weirdness of it. And everybody still came out of the woodwork to see the weirdness. And it's still doing gangbusters. And it's oh, still yeah, Which makes doing... me so happy. <laughs> Especially what that has been like paired against like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I hear is not a great film. You saw it, right? No, I haven't seen it. Oh. Have you? Did no. you go see it? No. I thought we resolved to go see it. Don't put that in my face. But we're we're only going to see it when it's really cheap. I think at meaning two dollar theater yeah. at the two dollar theater. The Chinese bootleg, I think. <laughs> the Chinese bootleg. If you can get a Chinese bootleg of Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles, send it to DoubleBill.com. Bob Strike Back. It was absolutely appropriate. I'm like, yeah, great. I can hear the entire audience are doing this. What? Yeah. You saw a bootleg of Teenage Mutant Bob Strike Back? Yeah, a friend bought it on the street in Chinatown. That's one of the weirdest films I think I would ever have to watch. That's a, yeah. like why would you weird out to like watch that? I mean, like I want to watch. Phantom Menace, but you're like, I'm gonna watch Chainsaw. I have no Bob. idea. I can't. I can't justify. My you pair Guardians of the Galaxy though with Ice Pirates. So which one do you want to talk about first? I think we should do Ice Pirates first. Go. Uh, I like getting. No, I want to get the bad out of the way, so I can just splurge about. I just like going in chronological order. Yeah, that too. True. I feel that's fine. And also, I I feel like that they are it, separated by thirty years here. Yeah, it's a it's a thirty year void, and also I feel like. No I movies. Fe- no. I feel <laughs> nothing happened <laughs> in a land before movies. So I feel like that everything that could be say- said about Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be said. But we'll be able to like, layer it into what we say about Ice Pirates. Ice Pirates came out in 1984 and stars nobody you probably remember. And Jessica Houston. Wait. But with the exception of, if you look back at it, um, I'm I'm sitting here... As a resident curmudgeon senior citizen, and I thought it would be a good idea to pair Ice Pirates because it was the idea of a ragtag group of, of, of pirates in outer space capitalizing on the whole, at the time, the whole Star Wars motif. So they wanted to have a Han Solo character and a Princess Leia character. 
instead of having a Chewbacca, they had an African American character. And well, I thought they had fifteen robots instead. Of and then they had like instead of uh, no instead of C three PO or Darth Vader, they had robots, 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 robots for Kung days. Kung Fu robots. Kung Fu robots. That didn't work very well. That didn't work very well. And it was just and, it, and clearly it was just dudes in like little plastic suits that they had the clanking noises off stage for the, you know, for the sound effects guy. But they did not hire the Jim Henson creature. Shop. They did not. Definitely did not. <laughs> or Rick Baker or ILM did not slum it to do this movie. Right. So, um, the reason why I picked it was because it was for me a very a very sensitive movie, not because I love it so much or have like a lot of feelings for it but the term space herpy pops into my brain uh and it used to come on channel nine and like the you know the the makeshift channel shits afterwards and it's like well it's not great it's got the guy from heart to heart in it and nobody else and nobody knew who angelica houston was before she did pritzy's honor nobody knew who ron perlman was before he did fucking beauty and the beast tv series Mm -hmm. um I mean, this was two years before The Goonies came out. And nobody knew who Robert Urich was before he No, did. Robert Urich Robert was... Uh, stop. Uh, stop. But he had been... Spencer for that, hire. Spencer for fucking hire, heart to heart. The man is like, is known on everything. It's like the guy that has like the longest... He's had like 35 television series that he's been upon. You laugh, but remember, movies make you famous. TV makes you rich. Theater makes you good. So, and this asshole had his fucking career tapped out for him. And he was almost nearly 40 years old when he was doing this little Han Solo knockoff character. And, and yeah, so, space herpes. I remember watching it, my mom would snigger, and I'd be like 10, I'm like, what's a herpy? And she's like, no, nah, we'll talk about that. Well, I, I don't think the movie quite understands what a herpy is either. No, yeah. Because <laughs> well, a couple well. guys get bit by that thing, and they seem fine. They do. They All right. seem like they're totally uh, just... Yeah, unperturbed. It's by just it. a xenomorph that doesn't grow up. Nope. Yeah, and, and it's even before aliens. You know, it's like ah, but that's when the xenomorphs grew up. So, um, space pirates or ice pirates is about a group. It's about space pirates is about space pirates. <laughs> Where the idea is like, oh god, you're gonna actually make me say this and it hurts. So we're gonna make you choose this. I don't. I choose, choose, choose this. In the future... We've seen in, worse movies. In the gal- yes, we have, Joshua, mm-hmm. haven't we? Yes. We're not going to speak of it, though. Go ahead. So, in the, in the distant future, the ice and water is a premium, and so planets, you know, they have the commodity rich with water, and people, the pirates, come and they board them. There's and, only, like, one planet that has water or right. something. Well, in a whole have, galaxy. All the others have used up their water. There's implications that a bunch of planets were destroyed in some kind of war. Mm-hmm. So a whole lot of usable water probably got nuked. Loose, 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 loose. And then... And uh, the space pirates are fighting the space Templars. Yes. Right. So Strange. it should be noted that like all the costuming is like chain mail and swords. Which, swords in space is It's fine. from Camelot. It's it's all from Camelot. Oh yeah, and, they raided a Camelot. Yeah. Like, uh, they, they bought set. Road Warrior and Camelot and then they put them in space. And they, yeah, they're just they're scabbards and swords, but it's Templars. Let's fight the Masons, mm-hmm. you know, for fuck's right. sake. With um, robots. Against and, their robots. And it's just, they're they're charming and they're funny. And there's some, like, really attempts at seriousness when they, like, the princess wants to find her dad. And there's 
uh, intrigue with the the Space Guild, you know, like the old guy, John Carradine, the oldest Carradine, last living yes. Carradine, mm-hmm. sitting there who's like, I am dying, but I'm going to do this one last mm-hmm. fucking role to get my goddamn equity points. And wow. he's just like, he's like in a yeah, chair. Yeah, he didn't move at all. He didn't move because he, he was, couldn't move. He was on that, yeah. he was just perched on that chair. The last fucking thing that man did was who was, the the, who, was the, who was the guy who played the main evil? What was his name? Zorn? What was it? Uh, the guy with the... Oh, yeah, the hatchet-faced fellow. Yes. Well, I was going to say he looked like John Middleton, but now I don't. <laughs> uh, well, John Middleton smiles every now and again. And we should it... tag Zorn. Is it Zeno or Zorn? Zorn sounds more right. Okay, so... Zeno's, but I was like, that Zeno's kind of looks like John Middleton. Battlefield Earth, so I hope it's not Zeno. Anyway, so... Oh, I, I kept thinking Angelica Houston looked like Kathy Kapecki, so... Oh, well... Yeah, well, so, all right, so what we have here is a movie... That's not great, and it's really trying. I think here's the thing. I think it's trying to be the Lampoon movie that it wants to be, but Spaceballs does it four years later after Return of the Jedi is out of the public consciousness, mm-hmm. and this one comes in and is like, well, let's just do something. Fu-. I think this is closer to uh, the state and Wet Hot American Summer that in '84 than it is to Star Wars the year before. Because there's no, like, Chub Nubs and Utinis, and they have, like, robots. They have, like, it, and, like, that, that bullet time, the sequence at the end where they're all getting older. and oh, yeah. I know, stupid shit. Well, the the time warp effect sometimes worked great. It was like, oh, that's very cool. That's a good idea. And sometimes just looked clunky as hell. Well, the nurse was just, like, skeletonized at one point. Right. And she was, she was just there. And she had a baby, like, as the time, yes. wa- in the time warp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the men are growing their hair out. You know, they're getting long, huge beards. Yeah, I think, I think that was actually the moment where I realized this movie's trying to be a stupid comedy. It was when the, the sidekick character had the giant white afro. Just from note. Yeah, it's just, he looks like a poodle. Yeah, we're wow. gonna make it look great. like a poodle. It's a comedy. That one of my main problems with the whole movie is like that's it's a comedy attitude because they would set up a joke and there was a joke there and they would seemingly pause for laughter, mm-hmm. but no laughter was going to come because it was a stupid joke in right. the first place, yeah. which got really annoying after well, the eightieth time. I don't oh, know, Josh. You yeah. said you didn't. Did you watch the trailer, Mikey? I did no, not watch because the, the the trailer. Um, obviously, trailers are always different from the movies because they're made by usually by a completely different company. Right. Just gets the clips the studio wants to include in them. But the trailer is way more wacky than the movie is because it it's yeah. What was the line from it? It was the uh, they're fighting the space templars who are famous for not being nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. They're. Yeah, they. It, <laughs> it felt like they were. The rebellion is fighting the empire because they're the bad guys. Not being nice. Yeah, and that was, Darth Vader was is a real not cool dude. The the narrator was that smarmy about it. Like I'm gonna spoon feed you this comedy movie, and and I didn't I didn't feel like it was like trying to tell you a story. That's the other thing. It like never like stopped. No. It was like yeah, there wasn't really this is what's going on of a plot there. Yeah, there's like you should read the back of the box. I got then, more plot from the back of the box, yes. And then yeah, jump in and be like, oh, so this is what's going on. Oh, they're they're doing this, they're doing this, they're fight, fight, fight. They get on, 
rescue a princess, but they're like, why are you rescuing her? Well, I think her? that, I think what, why that doesn't, why you don't seem like, there's a plot in the background, yeah. definitely. Yeah. With like the, the galaxy is running out of ice, there's no water anywhere, they're, they're going on a quest to find bad her Bad guys father, who have all the ice. Who's and... found the mythical planet that might be Earth or it might not be, I don't know. Well, it sure got in Africa, whatever planet is. So. <laughs> but like, none of that is really given any weight like at all no. and so you're just no, kind of like yeah this weird, is happening there's weird moments in the movie where it feels like it should have emotional weight like the the friend who went through the time warp and ended up old and got killed in the road warrior chase sequence oh yeah and then yeah. When, he, when he you know when he died I was in like a comedy oh poor guy we've only known you for five minutes <laughs> barely that it was like yeah. is this supposed to be tragic we're watching a goofy comedy you can't heartfelt can't have a heartfelt death of a secondary character in a comedy and expect it to land because we're what we just had a truck with a paper mache skull ram into an exploding oh, hut. It felt like you know it felt like Matrix Reloaded, where you're like the first movie, you're like, oh my god, think about the Matrix, where you're like when Neo is running, you're like, uh, who's gonna call to get this motherfucker out of the Matrix? Oh my god! And at oh this, my god, oh my god, at oh my this, god. it's like this guy shows, he's like, what happened to you? He's like. I got old. Oh, that sucks. Oh, people driving. Let's run. And then you're like, what's going to happen? He goes, remember that code? And there was no give a shit factor. Right. And that was it. No. Absolutely none. I need to know where my father is. Your father can tell you where this planet is. Bleh. So where is he? Oh, he's dead. His spine's broken. His spine is broken. I have and like, what else? Hologram. Like, looking back on it, too, it's just like, you know, Angelica Houston, Ron Perlman... Wasted, just t- totally wasted. Here's a thing, but they not that not that Ron they would have known they had like had amazing like good chops. Moments. But yeah, no. he did. But he did. He was the good moment. The whole like, I'm sorry if you don't. I hope you don't mind. I don't plan on doing this sober. Yes, and Angelica Houston was not like, oh, I just and you know the the, the fight choreography sucked. She had a little cut in her boob. You know, mm-hmm. but remember the two assassins who were talking about that? They dropped the N bomb right before that. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. that and you're just startling. like, whoa! But the guy looks at him. And he's like, whoa! I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I was totally like, not cool, bro. Yeah, but <laughs> that's kind of a thing to do in '84. It's like, wow, that's interesting. And then later on, it's like, why did you make it black? He goes, because I wanted it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that would not. Did you hear I, that? What was that actor's name? I really liked him. Okay, yeah, so. Well, that guy was like a fucking wealth in... Um, yeah, that was one of those moments that felt like... It felt good. Because that felt like, you know, a, a white man and a black man who have a friendship and they're close enough they can joke about race without it being really It's weird. Michael D. Roberts. Michael D. Roberts has also been in a natural fuck ton of... It. He's a Capricorn like me. And he's the <laughs> birthday of mine. So, um, okay. He's been in a... T- but he was in Rain Man. Jesus Christ. He was in Rain Man? Yep. Hmm. Ice part. He's all filmography, so and it's funny that you mentioned him because I've. Seen well, him. I didn't mind seeing him in that like tidy whitey suit. The the when hair did his, nothing for me when he got his hair. nuts cut when off. When he got his nuts off. Well, he didn't get his the nuts, nuts cut, nuts off. cut yeah. off. By the way, sarcastic quote fingers nuts cut. So off. here's the thing. So they come out. They have like these white stupid wigs, white underpants. For no, the wigs, they have, no reason. And they had the funny voices. Now, do you guys... I was castrated as an adult, and it retroactively changed the pitch of my voice. What's yeah. funny about those characters too is they're like bef- they're in uh, scenes before you actually learn what they actually are, and so you're just like, why the hell are these guys wearing white suits and have white wigs on? It's the weirdest choice movie. What? The weird choice for me is that they have like a human being carefully shaving all the pubic hair, and then a goddamn cartoon as a conve- 
terror is running. Yeah, and then they have a, a cartoon robot dog mouth doing the castration. Like, we have to carefully remove all hair. I hope this doesn't get his thigh clomp. Because I'm pretty sure it's very, very down there, just from my own personal experience. He's uh, He's been an airwolf. He was in Manhunter, which ties us back into our original... Yeah, that does. But he was in almost every single... Every single fucking 80s series. <laughs> Beretta, Incredible Hulk, Vegas, Quincy, BJ and the Bear, The Hunter, Sanford and Sons, Bosom Buddies, Knight Rider, Fall Guy, um, oh, Fall Airwolf, I, I really liked and Lacey. And most of the genuine comedy I felt in it came from him. And, yeah. I, and his delivery was pretty good. Yeah, he the was whole, really good. All right, so we hate, the, we hate the space herbie. We joke about it, but... My favorite. Well, the space herpy is like it's just there in two scenes and it's gone. Yeah, it's like it doesn't do anything. It really, but then, it really does feel like the you know the poor man xenomorph. Like, I just we released yeah, an we alien. We want to make an alien reference. reference and what's it going to do? I don't know. Nothing. It's not that. It's built. <laughs> it's built up for the. I'm, whole I'm sorry. Life. Hold on. I'm going to prepare myself for a defense of the space herpy. No, oh, go it's ahead. built up for the whole bit. What it's bit? The bit where they're like, "What was there?" The and movie. they're like, and they look over there and look over the shoulder and they come back and they're like. Yeah, it's just and the whole like was it? It's just the, the and, ship like, might have herpes. What? It has and like the whole like mutter that is like one of the original like it's a the the mutter away joke. Oh no, it's fine. It's, <laughs> no, seriously, I don't know. I mean, hey, if you're not listening to Double Bill, you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, you shouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> Real mature. Right. Yeah. But that's the point. It's real mature. It's great. Yeah, I love it's it. It's goofy as hell, but it, it does... It's just weird. And then... Okay, so I know critiquing the science of a movie like this is not a good use of my time. <laughs> but right. so they go through the time warp, mm-hmm. and they get to the end of the time warp, which is really hard not to sing every single time, can I just say, because I do Rocky Horror Picture Show every month. But... They get to the end, and then they're reset so that they're in their original bodies at the time they went in, unlike everybody else who's been in the movie and gone through a time warp. But they have all their memories. So is the herpy that was killed during the time warp still dead? Is the the baby who was born and grew to adulthood and was a cavalier and stuff, and is now gone back to being a 20-minute-old fertilized ovum, is that kid going to be born with memories of this? I thought about the kid part, but as you were talking about this, I was thinking about how we can improve this movie, which is that Space Herpy actually grows up during the time warp period and is slowly killing them all as well as being right. attacked by the Templars, which would have been awesome. That would have improved that sequence Yeah, it's true. If, they, if they'd had a more realistic Xenomorph. And it would have paid off, the thing. Space Herpy. Like, really, it would have paid it off. So yeah, here we are, Herbie ladies and gentlemen. The bad guy at the end, that would have been excellent. This is a, uh, a double bill first. They're rewriting the movie. That I picked out. Well, someone has to write that movie because no one else did. <laughs> it's always a bad Welcome sign. to Double Defecation Bill where they're pooping on my movie choices. Okay, can I just say, when I watched Phantom Menace was the first time I rewrote the movie as I was watching it and improved it. Because I explained midichlorians in a way that doesn't completely screw up the force. Did you actually walk out and rewrite it? or did you No, no, I was just sitting there. I was like, why didn't they say this instead? Then they could have had the scene exactly the same and not made the force into caused by bacteria that live in your blood. I walked out of that movie going, something happened. Something, and I feel like I should talk to my therapist in 25 years. All right, just for your own sanity then, imagine midichlorians are not causing the force but attracted to it. 
Ooh, now we have a force test that still works. Did you read the expanded universe? Is that the thing about that? No, that... I I don't think the expanded universe ever dealt with midichlorians because I think well I didn't read all of it. I stopped reading it about that point because I stopped having well, free time. But... Off topic. Off topic. So anyway, um, we all agree that Ice Pirates is not a great movie. Would I, you guys? I was trying to think of like. Okay, what's good about Ice Pirates? What is well, good about it? Ron I mean, Perlman's always good. Ron Perlman's good. I like seeing him in movies. I like seeing Angelina. Jill, Tess, and I, who are my tenants and slash roommates, we were talking. We 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 always say that Ron Perlman classes up a movie, even if the movie is like complete and utter shit. He's the hamburger helper of the movie. He makes it. He makes it delicious. He okay. looks really good as a space bucket. He does. That's like his look. It should have been. But here's the thing. I also think that it's inter- This movie is interesting for me when I was watching it. Is that Okay, we have Angelica Houston. Yes. Gorgeous. Who navigated on to more arty fair. Princess Honor, a uh, bunch of. Uh, the Addams Family? The Addams Family. family. No, 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 no. But, like, she, <laughs> she was, was great. She was in a fuck ton of. Uh, what's his butt? Uh, Wes yeah. Anderson. Wes, Wes Anderson, Anderson movies. And then you have The Inimitable. Yeah, we have the, the, the Indomitable, and also apparently the immortal Ron Perlman. Who doesn't do anything but fucking show up and make movies Hamburger Helper. But in this movie, Robert Urich, dead. He died at 55. Yeah. Like uh, 2002 or something. You have John Matuzic, who ended up going on playing uh, Sloth in the Goonies. Passed away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, Valanche is still kicking. Yeah, but- we haven't even talked yeah. about Bruce Valanche. Oh. Bruce... All right, so all right, why before we go... Why did they keep his head? Before we go in... Yeah, why don't you punt that out the fucking... <sighs> So, and he went on to be in fucking Hairspray on Broadway, by the way. He was fucking... Yeah, Edna. He, and a great moment in The Aristocrats. True. But he uh, he was in it. But then, like, all these tiny-ass roles and the ones that lived were the people you would probably blink and miss them, like uh, Angelica Houston and Ron Perlman. But you get... Yeah. Angelica Houston, the emergency backup love interest. The emergency... The doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah the, the, the deadly, like, choppy-choppy who... You know, look in the future and the the roles that end up going to the the person who is like, I am a female, I'm strong, and I will chop you. Oh, he just reminded me of the sex scene with them in like the pseudo holodeck right? with the rain. Right. <laughs> you just reminded me of. Oh the sex my god! Scene. So, how do you feel about the sex scene? Now, well, you got to see a lot of Robert Urich's chest. It was it was a classic romance cover. It was PG. Yeah, really. yeah, it was a PG it. movie. Oh yeah, it was a PG movie. But like, it was classic like romance cover because it's just like you know she's fawning over him. His chest is like you know yeah, all there's out a, there, and there's water spilling there's all a heaven over the place. Cracking storm and it's yeah, a bottom stripper. It's not real water though. It's hollow water. Or hollow something. water. Urine. Yeah, probably urine. Space herpes slime. Space herpes. Definitely space herpes. But then, yeah, Angelica Houston, yeah, she is backup romance there if that yeah. would ever go wrong. But she ended the up first one up. worked out, so she ended up with the big guy. She ended up with John Matuzic, yeah. yeah Sloth. Okay. okay. I've seen him in something else, and I can't place it. It's called The Goonies. No, he I've plays seen him Sloth. in something else where I could see his face, and he had a beard. Uh, North Dallas 40? Maybe. Uh, I feel you're right. He was fun, although his character made no sense. Like, yeah, he's a priest, and then he's not. He was an eight-foot-tall fucking member. Of the NFL. I did like that he stole the priest's garb and kind of doomed that priest. I thought that was funny. But only in thinking about it later, not in the moment. (laughs) Goddamn doom priest. Yeah, so uh, I take it nobody wants to see Ice Pirates, but you should go see Ice Pirates. You know what? Other thing I hated about it. God damn it. That they plucked a parrot. That parrot that had no feathers on it. Oh, right, right. They just plucked it for some reason. Oh, 
Maybe it was molting. Maybe it was nervous. I don't think so. Yeah. I think they plucked it for the effect. Well, the, the camera removes two pounds of feathers. It's true. I've heard that. Well, in the 80s, anyway. When they were shooting on film. It was the, the parrot was on cocaine. That's the bottom line. You shouldn't think about it. It was the 80s. A lot of cocaine. It's the 80s. Everybody was on the Do a on lot of cocaine. coke and vote for Ronald Reagan. Reagan. Now, uh, lastly... Okay, good for you. So... <laughs> What the fuck with the water shortage? <laughs> we haven't even touched any of the bullet points. Uh, poster. Yeah, we did. There's bullet we touched points? all those bullet points. Well, we Did didn't talk... talk about the poster. Do you want to talk about the poster? It's a Drew Struzan poster, which is kind of queer. <laughs> Unintentional well, sound Well, excuse you. No, uh, so Drew Struzan, nerds, you fucking nerds, no, <laughs> has done, um, like, the... Has done all of the Star Wars poster and the the Raiders posters. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he is the shit. Oh yeah, he he's the Alex Ross of the poster movie poster oh, sure, world. Okay. Um, and for some reason, Ice Pirates was uh one of his little like children. Put that looks up good. in your yeah, looks good. Put it up in your living room, kids. Uh, the trailer you said it was trying to be goofy. All right, yeah, What was, was the HuffPo article? You was really into the HuffPo article. That, oh, a- that's what I thought like initiated this. Oh no, know. the AIC, uh, the ICN, the Any Cool News one, where they said we're going to compare this to Battle Beyond the Stars. Because that HuffPo article talked about. Did you did you read that HuffPo article that you linked us to? <laughs> I ignored it. Uh, but like uh, the author is talking about, uh, he remembers Ice Pirates being really cool when he was a kid, and then he went back and watched it. Uh, after he was saw Guardians of the Galaxy and was like, no, this is not a good movie. The, I well, had that exact same arc doing it for this because I remember having seen it when I was about seven, but I remembered next to nothing about it. But I remembered it being a drama. You did. You said the fucking most prolific thing. And for our viewers, listen, what are we going to say in 30 years about Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, I hope that movie is remembered. I hope. Well, I hope it is too. Because I think it's much, much better, like as a film, like all the way around in the writing, in the direction, in the cinematography, everything, in the soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack in Ice Pirates, Meh, that same theme. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it was, right? I can't even remember now because we don't even memorable, even about. though they repeated oh, it like 10, 20 the times. Of it was memorable to me, but it's because it sounded like they were trying to do it. Pew, 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 pew. Pop goes the weasel or something. Yeah, I kept was, hearing a repeated note that reminded me of a nursery rhyme, so I kept getting in my head like, are they doing an electro? Pop goes the weasel. Like, I don't think it goes the weasel. I don't think it was pop goes the weasel, but it was some. It was some song that reminded me of it. I was like, are they trying to do an electro synth cover of a children's nursery rhyme as their sci-fi theme? Is that a good idea? Okay, so we hate Ice Pirates. I'm going to go it home and cry just, in my I, I, You know I what? I, I don't hate it. Like, it was too goofy to get a good handle on. It wasn't it was goofy just like, enough to be It was goofy. just like, this is... This is what it is. It's not like... I'm not going to, like, say this movie should be shot out into space and never see it again, but... Before we, we'll 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 double back on it when we talk about the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy because I'm yeah, I'm curious in comparison. Yeah, so we need to take a break. A minute break. Yeah, more wine. Mikey, talk to me about Guardians of the Galaxy. Speech. Speak sweet guardians of the galaxy things into my ears. Or if you can't, just sing songs from the 70s. I hooked on a feeling and I'm high on believing that you're in love with me. 
So, <laughs> God, I love that song. That was probably the most spontaneously uh, awesome. That was great. Okay. Podcast over. <laughs> well, we won podcasts. <laughs> Take that, Eric McKeon. <laughs> All right, we so. We should have Eric on. We should. We should have him choose. Guys. Our beloved benefactor. This did it. This did. Boop, 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 boop. Would oh, you turn off your goddamn you. phone? Okay, so. Oh, it's his phone. So, anyway, here's the deal. Have we, can we say anything outside of what has been critically said about Guardians of the Galaxy, except for the fact that uh, we talked about it beforehand. I had no idea what it was about, what yeah. the, going mm-hmm. in, and this is about as clean. i with the, the franchise. Oh, I think that helps it, too. Oh, yeah. Like, being totally, like, a blank slate, because yeah. you're not going, like, me, I haven't read anything about Guardians <laughs> right. of the Galaxy. I, yeah. But I definitely that. have an idea of what, like, Captain America should be, or right. Iron Man should be. Excellent. You're not going yeah. in going, I hope they get Rocket Raccoon right, or I'll just die. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think going in, I have this really superficial knowledge of, like, Marvel titles, and as we all mm-hmm. do, you know, like, we're not going to walk in and say, well, they're, DC is opting a Nightwing movie. Oh, that's cool. It's, how are they going to do, uh, is Batman going to be in a Nightwing movie? Are they getting Joseph Gordon-Levitt in there? Or something, or, yeah. something, you know? And then it's like, well, they're doing Guardians of the Galaxy, and this is how weird they're getting. And everybody goes, Guard- All right. Guardians of the, <laughs> really? I am. Like, I'm really happy that Marvel is just embracing the weird part of itself. I think that's I, perfect. I think I they should say go I for really it. enjoyed how little they felt the need to explain in this. Yes, I love like, that. I, I love that the, they. So about eighty percent of what I know about Marvel is from reading the Earth X series. So there's a lot of like we're going to talk about this thing and we're going to go on in the whole history and we're going to skip this one so you have no idea it's there. But so talking about the Kree, like they've got a. We have a treaty with the Kree Empire, and they don't explain that at all. We don't have to know who the Kree are. They're just a bunch of people, and this one of them's mad. So, we are of a society now where if a movie decides to drop us into a fucking completely foreign world, Mm -hmm. we accept it. And that's pretty cool. Because there was... Do you know anything about the world that the fucking... The Nova Corps were on? Not really. No. No. Do you guys know anything about Yondu? Like, what was his backstory outside of he was he kept threatening to like eat him and like he might. Oh, but he had that really cool arrow thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, And he he sounded southern. And then, okay, he was blue. And his his ship. He's like, guys, get on the Milano. For anybody else who really loves Pepperidge Farms, that could have been a fucking cookie. But unless you like are a nerd who goes on the fucking internet, you should know it's about the Alyssa Milano, which was the last person this kid... Missed opportunity for product placement right there. Right. Uh. But this movie like hit everything. This movie actually made me... Uh, so what so, you're saying is this is the first Marvel sci-fi universe to reference who's the boss. What do we do, baby? <laughs> Without a... He has amazing recall, by what the way. What do we do, baby? Well, he, he went through a traumatic experience. It probably really solidifies... I'm sure we could find... That's re- fair. ...much more depressing real-world examples of that happening. Well, when I was watching it the first time, all I could think about was Farscape, because Farscape does this whole ploy the whole time, because John Crichton is just blasted to the other right. end of the universe, and he makes pop culture references all the time. Oh. It just felt like that the whole so, time. So, real quick, like a bunny, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a Marvel Universe movie... Footloose. Footloose. Guardians of the Galaxy deals with uh, Peter Quill, who is a, a human being who, when he is a young man and his mother is dying of cancer, uh, mm. gets zapped up into the universe. We have mm-hmm. no idea where. We have no idea what part of the universe. Who or why. 
But wow, I'm sorry, you were crying over this whole like very tense. Yeah, you're like, oh my a god, very, yeah. like, a very like like this is stronger. Very this, real world. Very real world. Like, okay, this is a kid who's sad. Yeah, this is tragic, and everyone's emotions are high, and there's no bad guy in the room. So. Suddenly, he gets dropped on a planet, lands there, and it's him as an adult. And he has this whole... Picks up a rat and starts singing. And he starts singing, uh, what the fuck? Oh, God. It was, uh... Ah. Oh, it was, uh... Here's what we do! Anyway, he starts singing and jamming, and it's like, they take your emotions, and they flip them. Yeah, he's doing uh, uh, the sci-fi version in the opening of Raiders. Yeah. But because it totally is like hey. going into a place and there's the traps and I figured out my song? way out ahead of time. Oh, it's almost get... it's on the tip of me. Yeah, sorry, but it's a more comedic and definitely sci-fi take on Raiders of the Lost Ark. And opening. and he gets in there and just like he wow, <laughs> and they they do it well. Like it takes your emotions. Like what, what am I going to be sad? Am I going to be what, what's happening? And it it hits all the beats. And then the movie per, like proceeds to do that for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I think since the Avengers, which the Avengers we know about because we know Captain America, mm-hmm. Iron Man, Hulk, all those fuckers yeah. going into one and we all cheer like as one because it was a good movie. This is one that took us, and, and, and I, I'm going to agree with every single review that had a positive spin on it, this one hit the beats and my nerd heart. I feel, yes, it did. And this you, is, this is my favorite now. Of all you the walked movies. out and you're like, yeah. that's a fucking Marvel. You yes, had the I most, love, you had the it. most positive review of a movie I've ever seen you walk out of ever. Not like, hmm. Except for Mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, usually in a movie, I, I'm like, oh, okay, it did that so well. It did this so well. Oh, it was really good here. It was really yeah. good there. But yeah, Mannequin, I walked out. God of. damn it, if only it, Drax could have been played by a plastic mannequin from a goddamn <laughs> store. Man, Drax was great. <laughs> Everything. I hit. loved him. He was so fun. Uh, Every part yeah. of that movie kind of like made a great you know, part I, of a movie. You know, I walked out of Escape from Tomorrow, or not Escape, oh, so far, sorry, Edge of Tomorrow, like recently, and I was like, that's a good movie too, and I wouldn't have expected it to be. The Tom Cruise one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah hmm. that's a really hmm. good movie. And that's what everybody's been saying, they're like, stop well, is running. What it takes to make a, a unquantifiable good movie is a moment of thinking, this probably isn't going to be good. No, it is. Yeah, it has to be all Every, Everybody was like... Everybody was shitting on. Well, everybody was shitting on. Sorry, segue. Tom Cruise movies because <laughs> it's very easy to do. We it as is a culture easy. are now like primed to go. We are that. we are primed to say, okay, if it's a Mission Impossible movie, it's probably gonna be pretty good. We'll we'll dig it. <laughs> Tom and, Cruise, he's crazy, right? Yeah, he's running. Right, he's running really fast yeah. with his okay. arms pumping. Slight another tangent. Um, have you guys seen the uh, uh, the South Park series where they went into the world of the ima- imagination land? Oh, imagination no. land. Imagination. Because yeah. there's this. Plotline they do where they're making fun of Mel Gibson for being a crazy son of a bitch, mm-hmm. but he knows how to make movies. Like they bring in a whole bunch of bad directors to give them ideas of how to track this down, and they just give terrible ideas. And Mel Gibson comes in and he's naked and he's like hurt, pinching his nipples because it hurts. Yeah, and then he gives a perfectly cogent idea of what they should do, and they're like, "Wow." Say what you will about Mel Gibson, but the son of a bitch knows story structure. Like Braveheart is no way based in any kind of fact, but yeah. it's a good movie. We, yeah, in well, the commentary on it, they talked about Braveheart. They were like, "Yeah, we really want to hate him, but every time he makes a movie, it's like this is really solid." And that's but here's the thing: if we look, all right, if you're gonna go on that tangent, uh, we get away from let's get away from Passion of the Christ or get away from even Braveheart. Which, if you look at it, it's just like this is a first-time guy looking at making this epic movie. Mm-hmm. 
it's good. It's violent. It's in I love like, you. I it's pretty it. fucking it's violent though. It like mm-hmm. it like tips the scales. Are you talking violent. about Guardians? No, Braveheart. Okay. But then let's move forward through Passion, Apocalypto. It's a movie about running, which I mean, you know, Passion. Sure. I'm about right. running. Mikey is running. I am running, but yeah. Jaguar Paw not as much as Tom runs or Nick Cage. No, generally. Jaguar Paw in the movie runs the fuck out of every inch she's in that movie. There's not a moment this lead person who doesn't speak a piece of English, who is supposed to be like a native South American, right during like the fucking Spanish Inquisition, and he's running. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. It's violent. It's weird, but it's like it churns your guts. And it has a beginning, middle, end, and you don't have to know shit about what anybody's saying. Turn off the subtitles. Watch it. And like, oh, my wife fell down a pit. Oh, these people are coming. I gotta go. And you're like, okay, another one. Let's segue over there. Run, Lola, run. Do you guys remember that one? Yeah. Now, do you remember, guys, uh, Lola Rent? Run, Lola, run. It's the same thing. You're like, I don't know shit about this movie. I know it's about a woman named Lola running. And then you see it. You see it. In three, the three acts and three different scenarios. But you know everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so ignoring those movies and let's talk about – let's tie it in with directors. Mel Gibson, who was a famous guy who fell on the outs of bullshit. Okay? Mm-hmm. Fine. And then we talk about James Gunn, who his foundation was – Trauma movies. Uh-huh. This fucking guy. This fucking guy. Have you seen any of his trauma movies? <laughs> I don't know if I've seen a trauma movie. Have you seen honest. any? Have you seen Toxic Avenger? No, I don't know if they. Have you guys seen? seen have you either? No, of you I've seen only a trauma seen the cartoon movie. that was based on it? I haven't seen the movie. I've okay. seen that cartoon. I think. Yeah. Now trauma got. Me. I know of trauma and sort of its history. Think about that. This trauma, but even if it's in the abstract, this trauma director is now at the helm of what is currently the most profitable Marvel movie ever. Yep. Well, every... This... I just keep getting amazed by how much nerds have won the culture war. Because we've got a Thor movie made by a guy who was famous for making Shakespeare relevant again. We've got... We've got fucking Guardians of the Galaxy with Glenn Close in it. And John C. Riley. God. And, and Benicio Del Toro. Benicio Del Toro. It, it's just Glenn Close is just like there. She's no. like, I'm totally in this. No, seriously. Well, it's like Judy Dench. We can, we can, we can. I mean, we can, we could, black, I mean, we, can we could, yeah. we could punch our way backwards because uh, the idea stems from the fact that before we knew about Steve Norrington and Blade and all that shit, when X Men, the first one came out, mm-hmm. we had usual directors, usual suspects director picking up. The people who you wanted to be, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Professor Xavier, and you were just well, like, yeah, you're like, like, we're like, oh my god, oh my god. For like this a is, year this before is that who movie needs to be came it. out, they started drawing, and they're like, well, Xavier to look like Patrick Stewart, just Patrick, yeah, why not? <laughs> Patrick Stewart should be, and they're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. So Ian McKellen's got to be fucking. And then it was. I love how expansive you are with your hands. But then it's like, well, who should we have be these failing characters? Wizard went crazy. Everybody goes crazy, and then they start like plunk, 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 and then we have this this. Australian man named Hugh Jackman. Who the fuck is Hugh Jackman? And next thing you know, this guy's doing deadlifts at 500 pounds, and he's been... You know, it's like, it's he's hes great. hes He is now the quintessential Wolverine. Yeah. I love that Hugh Jackman is now only, do, only does two kinds of work. Wolverine and musicals. Who like, am that's I? his entire career. Like, in between X-Men 1 and 2, he did a Broadway he did a Broadway run uh, of The Boy from Oz. 
Right. It's, okay, well, so Wolverine's going to sing and dance and play an openly gay character. Sure. All right. So we could we could hash for a while. We could also hash, and I really kind of want to, but we don't have time. Um, this is a podcast. No one's like really like whipping on us. Well, <laughs> if they're not whipping on us, I need to put this out because somebody actually got. Okay, so let's let's elevate the number of hits that we're going to get because I think we could. Ready? Uh, uh, Are you ready? Um, lose we... weight now. Okay, so Guardians of the Galaxy has made a gazillion dollars, and it's already a popular movie, right? Yep. Conventionally, yep. popular. Yes. Conventionally. Can't look Culturally. at it. Yeah, can't walk away and be like, oh, there's a pile of money that says Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Today doesn't go by, I don't see some sort of comic that says, I am Groot in it. So, we have people, the hardcore DC folk, the ones who like are, are obstinate, who hate Marvel just on principle, just on principle. Like, there's the make mine Marvel folk, and there's people who are like, no, they will defend any DC property, whether it's Jonah Hex... Green Lantern, doesn't matter that it doesn't make money, they'll defend it. Or even The Dark Knight Rises, not a great movie, doesn't like kind of fit in the whole arc well, but it, it makes it. We, we can all agree. We can all agree even as nerds, like we're comfortable and soft enough to like watch it. But they all hate, and you even said that. There's a person, a writer out there, who's like, fuck you, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I think to myself, to those people who hate on Guardians of the Galaxy, who hate on Rocket Raccoon because you are a... DC fan and only DC fan right here. Fuck off. <laughs> and here's another thing. Go fuck yourself. Go position your dick and balls and put them up your own asshole. Because here's the thing. Fuck off. And fuck off. And what the fuck is wrong with you? And let's all settle down for five minutes and be like, nobody doesn't not want to have fucking movies that don't succeed. We all here want to have a fucking superhero movie that succeeds. DC. We want fucking Superman versus Batman to be great. We just don't like the shit that we're hearing. And so when assholes from Troma, from a nobody bullshit fucking company like Troma, come in and they say things like, we're going to do Guardians of the Galaxy. And we all shrug and ignore it. And they make a fucking gazillion dollar movie. Don't piss on it. Go fuck yourself. Can I just throw out that the lay it on me, baby. The mom, the mom dying of cancer at the beginning is easily the biggest heart wrenching moment. The second biggest heart wrenching moment for me was Rocky Raccoon freaking out. Rocket Raccoon, Rocky, Rocket Raccoon freaking out when he was drunk about how much his life sucks. How everyone calls him rodent. And each of them have that, though. Yeah, but... Gamora has, like, she's been, like, trained as an assassin, like, the whole time. Drax has, like, his whole family murdered. They all are coming from this, But I think is the the other characters are set up that way. Like, this is Drax. He destroys things because his family was murdered. But the raccoon is this, you know, I don't take shit from anybody. I'm tiny, but I'll kick your ass. I'm really good at fixing guns and stuff. And then he gets drunk, and he's like, things suck, and everybody's mean to me. And it's really heart-wrenching, because there wasn't any setup of that. There wasn't any setup of he's miserable in his existence. But then you see, you get a window in, and you see it. Like, the the assassin whose family was murdered, that's basically how she walks on screen, and they say that. So you, you get that let in. You don't have her being a badass and then find out. But the raccoon, you do. And you get to, and it's like, oh, you poor little son of a bitch. Everybody has been mean to you because it's been funny. Stop, DC. Stop imitating the snapshot and look at the fucking details. Yeah. Which are what I read. I read. Hold on. For example, that Jack Black 
many years ago, and this is nerd lore, was going to be Kyle Rayner. Yeah. Before Ryan, wait a minute, tell me, tell me this. Man, he probably used the ring better than anybody you else. Better. You guys are missing some classic Mikey punk. Mind. You guys. That's what I'm just saying. That would have been a fucking, not just, and, but now we see like little snippets of like CGI born Deadpool in the interim. Mm-hmm. And if you guys, have you guys both seen that little tiny like two minute video? Of, oh, I haven't seen that. Of no. CGI. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't no. seen it. Which is like. Oh, no, no, no. We're loving. Uh, but it's like, th- this is him doing the voice of the things, of everything. We were like, well, that could have been really awesome. And not just like a pink guy with like knives coming out of his forearms, you know? Oh, and a shitty movie. they could a good Deadpool movie that really breaks the shit I think they out could. of the fourth wall. Take five minutes, man. Well, if they will do a good Deadpool movie if, that before, shatters the before, fourth wall and makes fun of every superhero convention. Before I go, I'd really like it if you guys could check out the... the the leaked footage. We'll see. My network's been down. I don't know if I can it's, like, it's, access it. It's pretty like he does it CG and you're like, why wouldn't you do it? And, like with everybody else being normal and he's like dirty. It's it's bloody. It's real. It's yeah. It's mm-hmm. Deadpool. So, okay. Like. Anyway, my point you, being. You're, you're going on that screed against like people who like DC people. I stop guess? shitting on. Stop shitting on a. Like, who, who is that targeted at? Are you talking about, like, DC fanboys, or are you talking about DC in general? DC fan people in general. I can't, like, I can't blast them, because uh, clearly DC and Warner Brothers has had a... I marked, I marked down 47 minutes, by the way, as the time when the Professional Responsibility Board is going to be looking at, listening to this podcast and being like, why did you let that guy go off on that screen? <laughs> here's <laughs> the, no, here's the bottom line. Anyway... All right, uh, so, so this is where can... I, this is where I was going. Hold on. Uh, so like, I don't know what DC can do really against what Marvel has already created because it seems like Marvel is just like everything they put out is pretty good, well, too excellent, and DC... like, how do you maneuver around that? DC don't. needs to you just, yeah. You you forage ahead with your own. You know who did it first? Yes, I, I I agree with you, but in this. Like, atmosphere that we're in, where everybody has an opinion about what to do, it's almost impossible to go any direction. You you forge ahead in the right direction, and you talk to the right people. I don't people. know what the right direction is. The right All direction right. is so like, what say... Marvel... And everybody has an opinion about what that right direction is. All right, so what Marvel has done so perfectly so far is create interconnected universe of movies. To the point where they could make, what, four movies that built into an ensemble fifth movie. DC's trying to do that. They made a Superman movie that did. I have no idea how it did monetarily. Maybe it did great, but it, I think it did actually crit- fine. Monetarily. Yeah, critically, I think it did very badly. And a Batman series that was fantastic, fantastic, but probably still made money. And now they're redoing the character from the Batman movie to go into the Superman movie. They're trying to create an ensemble from nowhere. They're they're trying to put Wonder Woman into. Uh, the next Superman movie without establishing a Wonder Woman movie first. And they're they're trying to create a Justice League movie without having a successful foundation first. The foundation. You can't build a building. I mean, you cannot say, I'm going to put a fucking crown on this building and then, like, hopefully build it down. They've got Steel, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman so far pegged with the possibility of Flash. Now, these are successful, successful... WB shows right now. Flash is going to be released. WB has got like the leg on the cartoons. 
Okay. There's a good Green Arrow show. Good Green Arrow show that's like... Yeah, Gotham coming And up. Gotham, which looks pretty fucking good. Interesting, mm-hmm. yeah? Well, Netflix is already optioned the race for it. Titties, yeah. Get them, get them. But then you have... We know that Superman... Here's the thing. Let Superman be Superman. Let Superman be the most amazing fucking piece of work. And then let's like let's poke around the things that he can't poke around. Like killing. And so they mm-hmm. finished the first movie with him killing. And you're like... Well, if that's it, then what the fuck else do we got, man? Like, fling this fucker into space or something? I mean, so he kills off. All else fails, throw him into space. Something. God, I really shouldn't see Man of Steel just so I can have an opinion about it. And, and, <laughs> yes, and yeah. you know, like, and like fling this fucker into space. Or, or, you know, with Batman, it's like, we can, you can accept the world. Mm-hmm. And that's the only problem. They're coming in, they're like, well, if you're going to accept the world with Spider-Man, you're going to accept the world with, like, 85 superheroes. Well, let's give it a shot. We'll see what happens. Some heroes, and this is mostly from my comic book experience, because I haven't seen the last couple of Punisher movies. I understand Warzone was fantastic, but for I've read a lot of Punisher, and his best stuff has always been when they don't treat him as living in the same city as Spider-Man. Yeah. Because it's really hard for him to kill 50 mob guys when Spider-Man, Daredevil, the X-Men, are trying to Fantastic stop people. Four can all just show up because they live 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And, my, and my thing is, like... I what what the DC people need to fucking realize is that we want a, a I mean if if it doesn't matter we want a huge fucking Superman movie we want a fucking like we want the Hall of Justice and meanwhile yeah yeah meanwhile at the Hall of Justice that would be like if you want to just drop us into the world of it with colorful things and like and like Wonder Woman like walking around like bright pink fucking trunks. Yeah! But instead, they're like treating with kid gloves like an investment and they're like, well, let's just Zack Snyder do let's, let's, let's do meh, meh, meh. And in the meantime, Marvel's like, let's let Josh Whedon do this. And Josh Whedon was like, hey, do you guys remember 1995 when I said I would love to do a Wonder Woman movie since I've just started this whole Buffy thing, but I would love to do a Wonder Woman movie. Give the right people the fucking reins to do a good movie. Well, and I think that happened with Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think, but with Marvel's DC, Marvel has been like fucking going, hmm. And now let's look at this. Marvel is having sex in a little bit of three-way with uh, with uh, Disney. And with, oh, hold on, ILM. You're and, saying and, that and, like and they have a lot of... Mike is being really creepy right now. Marvel <laughs> is right now in a gimp costume in Disney's basement and loving it. Oh yeah, but you know who's behind them in the in the greasier gimp costume is George fucking Lucas, who I think we're gonna see some impressive things because with J.J. Abrams with episode seven coming up and with all the things we've seen so far, mm-hmm. it could be a total throw off. We could be like really disappointed, but the practical aspects of everything that they've been showing, it's like if you're that interested in like appeasing fans, us, the people who knew. And like we would like to see a ramp going into the Millennium Falcon. We would like to see the interiors. Uh, they're doing it right. I think I have a summation that might that might roll it out. Marvel and therefore Disney seems to be doing letting creators go with the characters in the way the characters work. DC seems more trying to force them into a specific mold. Like this is what our Superman has to be, even if it doesn't fit. We're going to put Batman in here even if it doesn't fit because Batman, even though we basically killed off the character of Batman in the last Batman movie. Um, we're going to ship 
put Wonder Woman in here, even though we don't trust her enough to have her own picture, because she's female. D Marvel seems to be letting it more like, well, Guardians of the Galaxy is a much goofier property, so let's have a much goofier movie. And it's going to work, because that's what the characters fit into. If they tried to make a dark, gritty Guardians of the Galaxy movie, God knows if it would have been any good. And bringing it back to Guardians of the Galaxy, how does he distract Ronan the Accuser <laughs> at the very end? He fucking dances! What? He's like, what are you doing? What? He's like, huh? No, no, that was the second time. The first time was, what are you doing? I just had my big dramatic speech thing, and what's happening? Distracting you. Distracting you, turd blossom. <laughs> turd blossom. Yep. So let's uh, let's that was pause totally again. A John Crichton moment. Yeah, we are one. So like listening to that though, it's just like I don't know what DC should do then. Still, like even with your like, every fan has an opinion about what DC should do, it, and DC because of that I don't think is moving anywhere. Well, what are they doing now? Are they trying? They're to going with the safest. They're going with the safest route, which is like what you said. I think trying to pin pigeonhole those heroes into certain. Yeah, roles. they should let the heroes be what they are. But. On the and same end, I don't think Marvel is completely, you know, no, I, the best creative like people either. Because I think that they took away Ant Man or Ant Man from Edgar Wright, and I think Edgar Wright would have been great for that because they yeah, didn't they want him doing what he was going to do with that. Film. They're not batting a thousand, but they're they're doing better than DC is right. Well, now. well right DC now they're just right now they're like Pixar it. before planes or like <laughs> or, or cars planes. too. Well, let's talk about that. Like for the Ant Man thing, like what. What were they suggesting he does to tie it in? Because Edward, Edgar Wright might have been like, I would like this to be uh, kind of like, I want it to, to have the, the benefit of stopping if it has to stop. And they're like, okay, but we need this to be like, bring in like fucking Thanos and duh. And he's just like, no, no, that's too much for what I'm trying to put. I do character-centric things. And he would have he would have done a great job. Don't get me wrong. But if he was, they're like, we need this to be part of like the big picture. He might have been like, fuck you. And they're like, okay, Ham's great. And I don't know anything about the new director. Do you? No, not at all. Nothing. And all I know is that we've got. What was the zinger at the end of uh, Winter Soldier? I can't remember. Now. I haven't seen it yet. Nothing. It, it's kind of no, no, no. Don't tell Plug. me. Don't tell me. It's coming from Netflix in like four days. Smithsonian. That's all. What's that? Smithsonian. <laughs> Winter Soldier and the Smithsonian. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's, that's, it. It. that's, that's it. it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. There's, so there's nothing like really tough. No, 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 You guys are the worst at no spoilers. Sorry, sorry. You can plug your ears. I am, and I have no idea what to stop. We're not spoiling anything for you. I mean, it ties into S.H.I.E.L.D. He's he's Captain America is like taking some temper pate and he's painting red, white, blue. But you know, I thought that was the best Marvel movie until I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. I I loved Winter Soldier. Avengers still gets me yeah, in my feeling. Like, I don't like Avengers as much as other people do. It's like third on that list. Avengers. Uh, so yeah, all right, all right. Hey, let's do this quick like a bunny before we before we jump off and before talk about, about it too much. What's your? Uh, do you know top three? Mar or superhero movies? Go top three total or Marvel? Total anything. Go total. on. Total. Um, Baba Booba. Batman Begins. Okay. Just because I think they did that perfectly. Uh. God damn. Pro one of the X-Men's. I don't know which one. Either X2 or Days of Future Past. God, that's good. Yeah. I might go with Days of Future Past because I just saw that. And it Shit, really? Oh, yeah. my God. Time in a Bottle? Holy sh Oh. Sh I haven't even seen it yet. So oh, Time in a Bottle. Go, 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 go. Um, and then um, <laughs> eh, three. Yeah, I don't know. 
It might have been. It might have been Avengers. Guardians, Spider-Man Two, and yeah, I'll say Winter Soldier. God damn, good choices. Really good choices. I love Doc Ock as a character, so I am immediately sells it. And then Alfred Molina. I am. I am another Oscar-winning actor thrown into a a superhero movie. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Dark Knight. Uh, with uh, Heath Ledger because oh, fuck yeah. you, man. It, it's that's a I don't I don't even know where to classify that. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm, I, I'll run down the twos because I could run off. But uh, Dark Knight, Spider Man Two with uh, Molina, and uh, X Two because I I think that the twos, uh, even like Empire Strikes Back, the twos have it. The twos do totally, have it. Yeah, God, it used to be the only good sequel was Godfather Part Two. Right, and now we've got a top ten list then, of like superhero sequels. But that's that's the thing, like the the, the whole like weird you get the origin, origin story, origin story out of the way, and then. Right. But man, well, that's why I love the Edward Norton Hulk movie because they they said, well, you've seen origin stories, we're going to put it in three minutes, and then we're going to go on with the and, goddamn. And they film. don't and they don't waste time. Yeah. And the thing is, I was telling my friend yeah, about a, it. And there was a thing, and there's he's like, bad and accident, they, they and now he's wait, in South wait, America. Wait, go. Who Eric Banafuck? He's like, I'm in. I am trying to learn how to not be a Hulk. I am learning how to do. I am breathing with a fucking Brazilian jiu-jitsu master who's yeah. like, you got to breathe. He's like. He's like, breathe. And you're like, yeah, breathe. All these guys come by and, they're, and they have like fucking scenes from the TV show. And they're like, hey, fuck you. He goes, you wouldn't want to make me hungry. Hungry? And they're like, okay. It's, it's great. Yeah. So anyway, should we uh, talk about what's great and what's not? Sure. Yeah. Before let's we, do that. We get let's the, take uh, a break for a second. Before they chop down Let's take DC. a breath. Shall we? Guinness. And we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about who did it better. Uh, thank you for sticking with us for this long. I'm going to probably... It took an hour to get here, but I can tell you, I could have told you at the beginning of the episode which did it better. Well, yeah. Joshua, please well, indulge. First off, first off, what's it? We always forget to include like yeah, what, what is we're it? actually comparing the qualities of making a film. <laughs> yeah, Guardians. But is there something? What specifically linked these movie two that included in your mind a... when you built this? <laughs> all movie right. that included a space herpes? No. All right. So thirty years well, go by, and in thirty years, who knows if like Groot is going to be like a, a, a rolled eyes from kids now? Someone told he me actually. Three someone told me actually recently because I was uh, I was talking about how much I love the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they said, "Well, what I worry about is this becoming a footnote in all of the Marvel films." Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I was oh, that made me sad when I was like, uh, I could see that happening. It could. It could very well, and it's just. But at least from a from a movie standpoint, you can say that. The Mar- the Marvel Universe did layering and like bringing in different parts of different stories and different characters into and you could always like tie the knots in mm-hmm. better than most mm-hmm. at a time when it had not been done before. Okay, do we care about spoilers for the movie? No, it's been two weeks. Okay, since it the, was the post credits thing. For so I was at I went. Is with, that fan no. service or is that no, actually it's fan, it's fan, fan service. service? So that's not, just going to make James Gunn. a goddamn Howard the Duck movie. That's James. <laughs> that's James Gunn it's being James like Gunn being funny. because it was it was hilarious and terrifying. <laughs> I was in the theater with Duck Washington. Oh, oh no! And he was like, "What Howard the Duck?" I had no. To, I went with my girlfriend. I had to explain to her who Howard the Duck is. <laughs> 
That was an odd. I, I, off, I, I felt like I had to explain why I knew this. I enjoyed everybody's reaction going, huh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> and Rachel goes, they're not going to do a hard. I'm like, no, honey. She goes, really? I'm like, and somebody goes, no, they better not. They better. Well, we <laughs> My don't know their full 15-year plan. Well, they've they put it out there, and DC is like, well, we're gonna we have a fifteen year plan. It's gonna be movie, and the movie, movie, and then just three movies, and two thousand seventeen, five movies, and you're like, what are they gonna be? I don't know. But Ryan like, Reynolds will be in them. Anyway, the bottom line is that we can tell that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy did it better. Guardians of the Galaxy did what movies could not do in nineteen eighty four, clearly thirty years prior, and Guardians of the Galaxy did, I think, what. Uh, Josh and and Brian and I both all all three of us are like walked out feeling pretty fucking good. It was fun. It was so at the same fun. time. Wait, you was you and I saw Avatar together, right? Yes. Avatar? And we walked out of that feeling pretty good about that movie. It was a solid movie. I still maintain <laughs> that. It's a movie where you can ah, see you invalidated this entire goddamn uh, podcast. I, oh, God, Avatar was a movie. Where you knew everything that was going to happen, it's every true, single true. beat of the plot. It was a Shyamalan it, movie, right? Uh, no, 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 because no. It, that was a Jake because if it was a Shyamalan. No, no, movie, we're talking about Airbender. Oh, not Airbender. So you knew every beat that was going to happen, but it was still interesting. It was right. still enjoyable. You got to the end, and it was a couple of weeks later where I realized that was just Fern Gully, the last rainforest. Because like Avatar is constructed, if like you look, because the internet is now primed for any kind of trope. That movie right. is built on tropes. Oh, they, yeah. Well, TV TV tropes is one of my favorite websites. Yes, exactly. I it's easy to get lost I in I couldn't there. get myself lost in Avatar because I was like, this is... Well, we went Dave, with Dave Gangler. I think he walked out liking it, too. Oh, yeah. I don't know what he feels no, about it now. Right. Nobody walked out of that movie going, Smurfs. But a few weeks later, a lot of people went, Smurfs. I have not seen that, though, with Guardians of the Galaxy. No. Everybody like seems to be like, this is a fun movie. It was fun. Let's. They well, had a great time at it. It had a but the, this nerdy core that just spoke to everybody. A lot of its intent, <laughs> like Guardians of the Galaxy, is hey, let everybody want to go on a fun movie. Avatar was like, this is a movie about colonialism, about <laughs> learning who you truly are. When you, if you build it up as grandiose, people kind of don't. And then people find any gaps in that. Yeah, that's true. Even if you want to like it, it's harder to. If you don't want to like it, you just found the, the weak point in the armor. Right. But if it's going in like, this is a fun movie, your only counter-argument is, no, it isn't, which is hard to make about a movie. Which is a very easy argument to make against Ice Pirates. This is a fun movie, everybody. No, no. We're making a comedy or something. Wee! Listen, the, the other thing is that 1984, guys, mm-hmm. jokes that... I here's here's where I'll, I'll forgive it. Jokes which were probably I thought you were going to talk about 1984, George Orwell for a second. We're not watching pro rata shows, so not as many gay jokes in 1984, the book. But there are there are I mean the fact that they called out some of these gay jokes and these really fucking terrible racist jokes and had a moment of being like and like hold on the guy's like okay he's like. Let's forgive ourselves for these fucking shitty moments. Mm-hmm. Made it like okay, it's not it's not going to make it fucking high art, but I'm like at least the movie was self-aware. There are moments of self-awareness in that movie that make me feel like all right, I might not have got a lot of the fucking shit it flew over my head, but I get the fact that they were like saying this woman's going to kick this guy's ass and cut his head off. This guy is not going to take a racist joke 
without having the guy apologize. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. this guy's going to be like, the reason why this is a black robot is because it's perfect. I'm like, no, what, what, this is, I mean. Well, we had a lot of this conversation with Mannequin, too, with um, Hollywood. Yes. Just because yeah, the 80s true. were a weird, like, puberty time in yeah. American culture. Because there was a lot of, well, with, with gay rights, it was definitely the first hurrah of, like, yeah, maybe they're humans. Maybe we should think about that for a minute. No, well, maybe we should. But with with civil rights stuff, it was after the civil rights movement, things were legally at least a lot better, if not culturally. But it was definitely, okay, really weird metaphor. So forgive me for this in advance. The sex positive movement was a counter reaction to the feminist movement um, that was a reaction to basically how sexism sucked forever. Um, and then the femis- feminist movement said, no, sex sucks, blah, blah, blah. And then the sex positive movement went, no, it's fine, as long as it, no one's a dick about it. The 80s were the first swing in that, that civil rights thing of like, yeah, the races are different, but not in a bad way on either side. And as long as no one's a dick about it, maybe we can make some jokes. Like, maybe we can make a racist joke without being racists. Well, we'll give it a shot. Silence. <laughs> we're both we're listening to the screaming outside, the screaming in the halls, versus the screaming in within my heart. I I I understand where you're coming from, Brian. Yeah, um, I do. It's not a fully formed thesis, mind. <laughs> no, but I mean every every. It's movie, hard for me to rebut right now. No, it's hard for me to rebut, but it's also understanding that. Or if movies, I even wanted yeah. to rebut it. Enough, well, it, movies grow. Movies movies having the bottom. Oh line, yeah, yeah. I'm not movies saying grow it's awesome. Up. I'm saying it is. It is context of like later on going back and going whoa that's not okay but at the time it was like maybe here's we're a giving it a stab in a direction maybe it's gonna yeah, suck, I, I but we're, do, we're giving it a shot i tell you what here's one guys th- i'll throw this one out there and i i'm surprised the fuck out hbo go for having this one rewatch at your leisure the movie volunteers do you know what volunteers is i have Anybody? no idea what that nope. movie is volunteers was tom hanks at his comic comedian prior to uh bum 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 you know, doing any of that stuff. So, or way before Philadelphia or Forrest Gump. In 1986, he does, 87, he does a movie called Volunteers with John Candy and his future wife, Rita Wilson, about uh, a tony little posh kid who gets thrown into the Peace Corps in Thailand in the 19, early 1960s, late 1950s. It is, and I was like, and as I was flipping through, I'm like, let's watch this, Rachel. And Rachel's like, okay, is it funny? I'm like, yeah, you'll like it. And we watch it, and I'm like, I hate this movie. This movie, like, shows Thai culture on a fucking butt wipe. And, like, everybody's like, like, there's a character named Lucille, and they're like, who's this girl's name? Marie is a ruse real. And I'm going, oh, fuck, I gotta shut this off. I need to shut this off. Mm. And she goes, is this serious? I'm like, this is and I'm miming like shutting the remote control off because it's this is a shit that was on the fucking HBO all the time that's the problem with looking at things from your childhood uh, with a critical eye yeah and Mm -hmm. and a critical eye I'm like I can't believe they made this movie with Getty Watanabe from fucking uh, 16 Candles Mm -hmm. Long Duck Dong and and from and and from uh, Gung Ho as a fucking Thai villager the only one that understood English I'm going alright so we have uh, we have a Japanese guy who's playing a Thai Slash villager, Filipino villager, uh, and closer have, than is sometimes. Uh, uh, we have got a Hawaiian guy who's playing the drug lord with a white wig with spikes on it. It's just and like we have all these other guys playing their overlord guys, their henchmen with diapers on, like they're samurai or like they're fucking sumo sumo guys. 
And one of them is like the dude who was like the hat thrower from, yeah. Oh, odd job. It is awful. Well, I'm glad you bring this up because I think I have been in the last five years or so very cognizant of race and gender in politics or not in movies and how they're represented. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, I think, in terms of like uh, nerd culture, like, you know, everybody is now familiar with the Bechdel test and mm-hmm. how that works. Yep. Right. Everybody is very cognizant of, like, uh, how race is portrayed and, like, whether or not uh, what's happening on screen is representative or not of, like, actual culture. Yep. Uh, and, like, you know, when we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like, is this is this doing a good job of representation, like, of representation of both, like, female characters, like, other races? But well, in Guardians of the Galaxy, it's a little weird because, like, you know, you have different races... Of, mm-hmm. like species of things so you have a bunch of different races in the first place so the representation probably goes kind of goes away right and then you also get in this weird conversation of if we're talking about an alien can we ascribe them with a human race yeah depending on so the actors like, what or female or, are we looking at things like does she rely on a male character does she talk about a male character mm-hmm. well she talks about a male character in terms of killing them is that the same as, like, you know, like, I want to kill Thanos? Yeah. Is that the same? Well, I think, I think like, Thanos Guardians of the Galaxy... complex if she's an adopted daughter, or... Well, I think Guardians of the Galaxy passes the Bechdel test, right? Because Gamora mm. and Nebula talk to each other, but they don't talk about a man, do they? They talk they, about Thanos. They don't talk about a romantic interest, but I don't know how much... They do talk about Thanos. And that's only the first level of the Bechdel test. It's that's also, true. It's more complicated. Well, look at a movie like... And it's a very low bar. The movie that right, yeah. the movie like the yeah. heat and it that's what makes it so intense. It's like wow, this is a low bar, and like one movie in twenty gets over it. The heat was commonly passed with uh, Sandra Bullock and uh, Melissa McCarthy was commonly passed as a Bechdel test pass. And as I watched it, I'm like, let's see what this is about, and it was totally about that. But there are moments where the when they they have the the common like we got drunk in a bar, bonded mm-hmm. before you know. And when they wake up and Sandra Bullock's like, oh my god, what happened? She's like, well, you hit on that guy over there and you made out with that guy over there. I'm like, well, is that truly, truly clean Bechdel test? I don't know if it is. Because I'm like, they're talking about making out with a guy and needing a guy. So it's not like a character moving through. It's not like blue is the warmest color or some shit like that. You know what I mean? So it's it's a challenge because it depends on what you're... Yeah. You know, there's that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy where they're... Uh waiting to see the collector mm-hmm. and they're all kind of getting drunk and kind of you know playing games and everything i wish gamora was more of part of that and also like star lord also yeah just so they could have like more of that interaction you can kind of see them like you know be off topic instead of like chris pratt and uh what is her name zoe zoe Saldana. zoe Saldana, zoe Saldana like you know kind of being it was apparently under contract to play the woman in every sci-fi property ah but uh Here's the other thing. They 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 position those commercials. If you remember, mm-hmm. like him, like the, they would shoot the scene where he was like shirtless. Like this is my shirtless Chris scene. Pratt? Yeah, and, she and then last time they showed her like naked, like looking over her shoulder, like pulling a shirt up. But that was not. In that the, was I'm not, not seeing any of the commercials. I don't have. I don't have. It was not in the movie. Yeah, at all. And it's like, come on. Well, Gee, that's that's another thing of like the trailers being made by a different studio. Nebula has nothing at, to do with him. The, the studio is selling the movie they wish they made, not necessarily the one that's actually going to theaters. What's her name? Who played Nebula? You know, Doctor Who fan, Karen, Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan. Oh yes, she was. Oh, great. sorry. Yeah, I wish Karen, we saw more of her. She was great. I wish we saw more of her. I thought the villains were sort of under underrepresented, very briefly. Very briefly. I'm sure I'll get more of that in the director's cut. 
I cannot wait to own it. Actually, here's the bottom line. That's like, I'm really excited. I'm not usually excited to own movies, but I'm really excited to own Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I can't wait. And be like, it's it's mine. mine. We're going to own that movie. Hercules, Hercules. (laughs) All right. So uh, the bottom line is I think we've... So if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess go see it again. Yeah. And if you are going to wait to rent it, watch it. It's it's great. And I don't want to... Yeah, don't expect a romantic story because it's not in there. It's not trying to be and it shouldn't be. So It'll it'll, it'll take you around and just go with it. It's really a go with a movie and boy... Yeah. It, it made the it. The movie with the tree and the raccoon is saying, "Look, just just get in the just car. Yeah, no my, time to explain. Get in the car." My girlfriend, my girlfriend cried for about two thirds of the movie, oh. and I I thought I'm like, "Were you she, standing on her foot?" No, she was like, "Why am I crying?" And then I can't even say things like, "We are Groot." Before she gets emotional, she's like, "Stop yeah. it!" <laughs> and I'm like, "Really?" She goes, "That wrecked me." That re- it's oh, a heartfelt it's movie. Yeah. Its heart is everywhere. And they, oh they, my god, baby Groot dancing in the credits. Oh. And, they, and then like it was just like oh, the Grootling. <laughs> we're all dancing here. Yeah, we're dancing and we're dancing. Oh baby, give me one more chance. Da, 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 da. Oh cute. Okay, I want to buy the soundtrack to that, but only if it's titled "Awesome Mixtape Volume One." It's on. It's on iTunes. I believe it is. It's yes. on iTunes as Good. awesome mix. I can accept that. So anyway, we're done. We're done. Yeah, Brian. You're an ex. Yes. Okay. So I had like you were being all coy with me about yeah. What I, I just what's up? Come on, like you gotta the, lay like it out the here. Announcement happening now. All right, that's it. Um, I've had a few pairings bouncing around in my head, and I had one picked, and then just a couple of weeks ago, when we were lining up the movies for this one, it completely got thrown out in favor of a new one, just because I've been feeling nostalgic lately. So I'm picking a couple of movies from my childhood, and the the tie-in that I have for them is cameos. And the movies will be the original Muppet movie and Blues Brothers. Okay. All I'll right. Get on that. Because right. of just the incredible density of cameos and how many of the people from those movies who are legends in their own right I became aware of because of those movies. It's been a long time since I've seen either of those films. The challenging part is that they're both very good movies. Yeah. And if we're, if we're just going to weigh them based on the merits of the cameos... Awesome. I think that'll be great. Yeah. But in and of themselves, you're talking about two classic oh, movies. Oh, so do, yeah. we, so do we have to mark cameos as we go through these? I'm like going to. You don't have to. Okay. We might want, I will leave I'll, that I'll up to you the ones I recognize. Uh, come on. You got to do it as much as you can do. Well, I'm going to do as much as I can. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's... I think I have the original Muppet movie around here. <laughs> I'm sure we can... I'm sure culture I'm sure will allow there. us to access it. I'm sure it's out there. All right. Uh, first and foremost, uh, before anything else, I'd like to say I'd like to dedicate this one, please, to the memory of one of my most, my deepest and gratefully wonderful performers of movies I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, Robin Williams was, uh, yeah, anything you want to read about Robin Williams. So if you have issues, go get help, please. And yeah, Rob Williams was my favorite in the world. He kind of like made, was a segue when I was a little kid watching TV. So awesome. That's my little, my little piece right there. Sorry, guys. He's like a surrogate parent, really, growing up. Man. Or at least a surrogate older brother. Mm -hmm. He kind of like, he kind of went from being like, you could be, it's fine being weird. It's okay being a weirdo and like running around and like saying things that were weird. And my mom was okay with me like running around. I begged her for rainbow, for rainbow colored suspenders for a long time with like mm. little. I did, I did, 
And if I and I would take my uh, action figures and I'd put them in her uh, Hanes legs egg because that was like the his the landing right. pad. Yeah. So that was my thing. And then I just I mean tiny, started, tiny living space. Like yeah, see, starting with Garp when my mom and dad would like send me out of the room when he was being dirty, you know, because it was a dirty movie in 1981. So most of that movie. Most of the movie with like nudity. Most of Robin Williams' career. But then uh, doing everything from just uh, you, there's there's no piece that you can't say from like Good Morning Vietnam. Oh yeah. Uh, well, we could just sit here and quote him for quite some I've time been, I've been, ourselves. I've been on a kick with the straightman smear. Yeah, smear. <laughs> so anyway, that's my that's my thing. I look forward to checking out your two movies, Brian Watson Jones. Um, thank you very much for listening to Double Bill. If you've made it through this long, if this long, I hope you enjoyed the theme music by Miss Anna Weggle, who is fantastic. Anna, oh. Double Bill, Double Bill. You can listen to more of her work at AnnaWiggle.com. All right, until or next time. On almost every podcast I listen to. Oh yeah, go check out the Dirty Curls. Oh yeah, yeah. Here we are, sitting here and in a podcast like a bunch of jackasses. Son of a bitch, he stole my line. Double Bill, Double Bill. Comparing culture, it's Double Bill Putting two things together, it's Double Bill It's Double Bill